Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Markey. Thank you for listening to us. I mean, this has been just a, a, a great run. I'm having a great time uh, doing these podcasts. Our, our YouTube channel is growing constantly. We're having a lot of great comments, a lot of great questions from people. And, uh, and, and I just love to try to help folks out there get more comfortable with their orthopedic evaluation skills. I have so much more content coming ahead. I just, I, I'm up all night just thinking about all kinds of things and I can't wait to uh, get these all in. So uh, I think 2018 is going to be a great year for our podcast show and, uh, and for helping you folks out. So uh, really that's our big goal here is to uh, try to uh, bring some education. I'm not going to get into really uh deep on, in, as far as you know treatment goes right now um, but I definitely uh, am planning on putting on some classes and uh, doing some one-on-one stuff with uh, people so uh, if you're interested in anything like that uh, please go to our website uh, orthovalpal.com and go to our sign up page and uh, leave some comments or questions or topics you want us to go over uh, or uh, any frustrations you might have maybe with the show how we're presenting this I'll take any feedback you have uh, but again thanks for listening I really really appreciate it and um, today, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about uh, shoulder arthritis and the common signs and symptoms. This is something that we see an awful lot of now. Uh, I'm from northern Maine. We have a little el- more elderly population up here. And, uh, and and we see a lot of shoulder arthritis, a lot of knee arthritis, hip arthritis. But today, our focus is going to be on how do you recognize arthritis of the shoulder? So the two most common areas that are affected are the AC joint, okay, the acromioclavicular joint, and the glenohumeral joint. So let's start with the AC joint, first of all. When you take a look at a person and, you know, they don't need to be very old to show signs of early arthritis in the AC joint because the AC joint is one of the um, quickest to degenerate in the body, okay? When you're first born, uh, you have this nice little disc in between your acromion and your, uh, your clavicle. And uh, that little disc asks, uh, you know, acts as a um, a little shock absorber, and so uh, that breaks down. You lose that by the time you're 20 years old. That is gone. Okay, and the inside of that AC joint is not nice hyaline cartilage like some other joints that we have, like the glenohumeral joint or the uh, uh, patellofemoral joint, but it's more fibrous. And it does break down quickly. It does move a little bit, especially when we're uh, lifting the arm overhead, and especially if we do cross body motions. So they can break down pretty quickly. When you take a look at a patient and you see a pretty large bump on that AC joint, you need to remember something. Not only will that spurt develop on the outside of the shoulder, but it will develop on the inside of the shoulder also, okay? And that rotator cuff rides right below that AC joint. And if that spur is big enough, that's going to give you some trouble. That's going to give some irritation to that rotator cuff. So remember, if that spur is on the outside, it's going to be on the inside also. Best way to identify if somebody has... um, Uh, arthritis to the AC joint is palpation, number one. If they're very tender to that joint, uh, that is pretty positive. They've got some arthritis there or some some inflammation in that AC joint. And then a horizontal uh, adduction test can also uh, reproduce your discomfort there. Now, there's also the O'Brien test, uh, which we'll talk about. That will be in our YouTube videos. And uh, that uh, part of that test can also be indicative of an AC joint uh, arthritis or AC joint uh, problem. So um, that is the, the, the first place you'll see it. 
you can see it's in really young people. And typically when people have rotator cuff repairs, they prophylactically go and clean that uh, joint out, either excise part of it or um, uh, remove the uh, spur on the undersurface. So that is the uh, the first most common uh, area. Second most common area, which usually uh, happens a little later in life, would be the glenohumeral joint, okay? First thing I'm going to tell you about this is that there are a couple obvious signs and symptoms. You know, the patient has obvious pain in the glenohumeral joint. They have pain with all motions, uh, and they'll be limited, especially uh, with shoulder flexion. They will, you'll hear a lot of crepitus, and the crepitus isn't like uh, broken glass. It's more like clunking type of uh, crepitus, and that crepitus can be painful also. But here's one thing you need to remember. Do not mistake in a glenohumeral arthritis for adhesive capsulitis. I made this mistake once. I treated a gentleman who I was positive he had a uh, an adhesive capsulitis. He had not had an x-ray and we, we treated him for about a week and he became progressively worse. Now that doesn't happen with adhesive capsulitis. Usually these folks get progressively better. And so this guy got worse. We got an x-ray on him and he had no hyaline cartilage left. He has severe, severe arthritis, ended up with a total shoulder replacement and did very well after that. So um, don't cause these folks a lot of discomfort and try not to push through it, okay? Some other causes of glenohumeral arthritis would be poor shoulder mechanics, people with uh, rounded shoulders. Um, I see this happen a lot with people with chronic rotator cuff tears or chronic tendonitis or tendinopathy in the shoulder. If we talked about uh, in earlier episodes how that glenoid needs to drop, okay, when you try to abductor flex the arm. So the rotator cuff helps to drop the glenoid so it doesn't compress the superior uh, rim of the glenoid. It doesn't hit into the acromion as hard either. But if you have a weak cuff or a, a cuff that is inflamed, the humeral head would ride superiorly in the glenoid. And what it does, it ends up eroding that labrum and the superior part of the uh, glenoid. And that alone can be quite a large pain generator. And uh, and that's usually where it starts to break down the fastest. Also, if people had old episodes of instability of the shoulder, um, that can also uh, lead into some early arthritis to the shoulder. And so, um, you know, you want to make sure that when you treat these patients, you don't try to push them too hard. It's very important to regain rotator cuff strength if they have a, a rotator cuff that has good integrity. So um, you want to try to preserve that joint as much as possible. Recently, I saw a gentleman who had bilateral severe um, glenohumeral arthritis. And his big complaint was not necessarily pain, which was kind of weird, um, but a loss of function and weakness in his arms. And come to find out, after we started treating him for a couple of weeks, he started to improve and he started to do better and better and better. And when I was stretching him, it was more like a some capsular tightness. He did have a little bit of, you know, crepitus in that shoulder, some discomfort, obviously, but through a little bit of stretching and re-education to reactivate his rotator cuff, he started doing better. I mean, now he's reaching into, you know, cupboards and he's doing more stuff overhead. He's changing his clothes with much less pain. Now, he still has arthritis and it's still pretty severe and he probably only has about 70% of normal motion, but it's better than the 20 to 25% of normal motion that he had prior to therapy. So um, just because they have arthritis 
doesn't mean they can't be a little more functional. And so we work on optimizing their function and uh, ultimately uh, improving their quality of life. So um, in uh, one of the future episodes, we, uh, we hope to have a guest uh, lecturer talking about uh, total shoulder replacements and reverse total shoulder replacements, which is pretty exciting. Um, ever since we've been seeing uh, folks with uh, reverse total shoulder replacements, their quality of life has improved. And, uh, you know, the, uh, they have the surgery done. They're less painful than rotator cuff repairs. And uh, for people who have deficient cuffs, it's a great option. And, um, and those people do really, really well. We've had uh, excellent success uh, with people with reverse total shoulder replacements. So um, if you want to check out a, a video of a patient who has severe rotator cuff arthritis or severe glenohumeral arthritis, um, check out our show notes. I'll have a link there for you. And uh, this gentleman, a uh, relative of mine, really uh, has no more humeral head. It's pretty near flat. And uh, the glenoid is severely arthritic. He's 86 years old functions very well. He doesn't have to do a lot of overhead reaching, um, but can do everything he needs to to take care of himself and uh, is not in a severe amount of pain anymore. So um, check out that video. And if you uh, would, I would greatly appreciate a uh, rating and review on iTunes. Um, that would really help uh, with our, our podcast show. And if you have any questions, get in touch with us at orthovalpal.com. Go to our uh, get in touch page, leave any comments you have and uh, any questions. And uh, if there's an episode that uh, you'd like, or a topic you'd like me to do an episode on, please let me know. So again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate this. I'm having a great time and I hope you are too. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.